The European group stage is beckon. Let's hope so anyway for Rangers Aberdeen and St Johnston tomorrow and for Celtic tonight in less than three hours time. The Dutch team as Ed Alkmaar at Celtic Park as Ange Postecoglou looks to maintain momentum. Four wins on the bands for Celtic. David Proven, can they make it five? Well, it'll depend on how good uh, Altmar are, Rob, but certainly it's a step up in class from what um, Celtic have been playing recently. No disrespect to the, the SPFL clubs that they've beaten, but this is a good test for Celtic tonight. I don't think we expected to be saying Rangers have something to prove when they return to European action tomorrow night, but on the back of their patchy start to the season, including their failure to get over the first Champions League hurdle, they really need to be doing the business, don't they, against Alash Kert at Ibrox, Stephen Cragen? They do, Rob, and I expect them to do so. It will be a real test of resilience uh, for the players who didn't play against Infirmland on Friday night, their last taste of football was defeat De Malmo. So there should be a little bit of hunger, a little bit of hurt amongst those players. I expect them to come out flan and take a good lead to Alice Kurt next Thursday night. All sorts of transfer talk on the go. Celtic allegedly, apparently, have agreed a fee uh, with Legia Warsaw for the transfer of the Croatian international right-back Josip Juranovic. Um, played against Scotland, played against Spain at the Euros. Thanks to my researcher for that information, <laughs> who's standing across from me at the moment. Uh, Celtic also being linked with a, a striker with a long name, uh, which might go with a long name of uh, their head coach and maybe uh, the Greek connection uh, might be something to do with it as well because, of course, Andrew Postacoglu was born in Greece, although he grew up in Australia. Georgios Jakumakis is the player involved. I'm going to I'm going to take those down because there was something that was playing in my ear which we could have um, done without at that stage. So Georges Jakimakis is the guy who's been playing, playing in the Netherlands with a club called Venlo who've just been relegated uh, from the top league. He was the leading scorer uh, last season with 26 goals and I think 30 appearances. So oh. he, he does have this reputation as a bit of a goal machine um, but price tag seems to be around about two and a half to three million pounds. Uh, Celtic are being uh, uh, connected with him at the moment um, but then I guess Davy Celtic are being connected uh, with lots of people at the moment yeah I, I just want to see Celtic sign a couple of centre-backs Rob you know because I, I think there is so much good about what Ange Postacoglu is, is doing and what he's achieving and I think if he can get his back four right and you know the foundation of any decent team is, is a solid back four if he can fix that situation you know I, I think Celtic supporters can be optimistic about about what's what's going to happen going forward this season. Celtic are still not right at the back. No. Um, and he has to fix that. Is what's happening between midfield and front a camouflage at the moment? Because they've, they've won four in the bounce, obviously they've scored 16 goals. They're playing some really exciting football. Uh, but at the back of it all, Davies' point there is that, that that's a an accident maybe still waiting to happen and it needs, it needs some treatment. Well... It, I think it's because they've been so good in games and they've been so dominant that the back line haven't had an awful lot to do. You only have to flick back to Jablonets away from home when some simple movement and simple balls over the top, albeit it was near Beaton and wasn't Stephen Welsh. But they didn't cover themselves in glory. They looked a little bit shaky. Still at times, I've got to say, listen, I know John was on last night and he was raving about Joe Hart. I still think Joe Hart has a mistake in him somewhere along the line. I'm watching him on the edge of his own box trying to chip balls in the midfield with his left foot. 
I'd be worried if he was doing it with his right foot, never mind his left foot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. and he's getting away with it. They're not getting punished. The problem is, is when you come against the good side, and I think you know, uh, Davies bang on. Is it Alkmaar will be a class above anything they played this season? And I'm talking even Mitchelland. Celtic really should. If, if Celtic had anything about them or where they are now, Celtic would have beaten Mitchelland. I think they were a better team than them. Um, whether it just came at the wrong time or they didn't have the players fit or the system wasn't working the way it is just now. So they will be tested a little bit more tonight and you can't afford to take risks. And if you go behind against teams who are you know, clever going forward to tidy in possession, which Alkmaar will be, they're a young, energetic, hungry side. Yes, they've lost some players. So it'll be interesting, can they cope with that tonight, Celtic? You know, ultimately, they will need more defensive cover. They've, been, they've talked about another right back. Well, I think uh, the right back yeah. is almost done. Possibly a left back, one or two centre halves, and then suddenly you've got a real core group, uh, which will be a concern for Rangers and everyone else in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, it, he's made the Celtic have made some great signings in the, in the last couple of weeks, haven't they? Obviously, the the, the headline act at the moment is Kyogo uh, Furuhashi yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and the the impact he's made. Davy Liel Abada, I think, will come back into the team tonight by the by the sounds of it as well. And for a 19 year old, uh, he's hit the ground running as well. But but I think the Celtic fans have, have big questions about Carl Starfeld, who's 26. He's a Swedish international. You would imagine he is the steadying, experienced influence at the back, but actually. Yeah. Um, it's not working out that way. No, it, you know, early days, of course, but at the moment he looks like a mistake. Let, let's be honest about this. He looks like a mistake. Um, he would have been brought into the club, Rob, as one who Ange Postacoglu could hang his hat on. Somebody who can go straight into the team and improve it and be reliable and be dependable. He has been anything but. Now, hopefully there is improvement in him. Hopefully this is a settling in period that he's still getting up to speed. But I've seen no evidence at all from Carlos Starfield that he's the answer to Celtic's defensive uh, weakness. What concerns you most, Davey, on that aspect of, you know, when you think... I mean, I, I, I was on last night and said that he doesn't look to have the physical presence. You know, albeit Christopher Julian and Christopher Ayer had frailties, but they were a presence when you looked and thought, oh, you know, there's a good size and strength and physicality and pace about them. I just think he looks okay at everything without being... Yeah, you know, I, standing I, out. I don't think he reads it well, Stephen. I, I, I think he's, I'm not saying he's Shane Duffy, but he's caught under the ball a lot. I don't think he looks particularly quick. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't think he, he reads it. He, he always seems to be making last gasp tackles. Now, a lot of defenders get through a career and are, are praised that, oh, great, what a great guy he was for the last <laughs> ditch tackle. Yeah. And the last ditch tackle is normally because the defender's out of position yeah. in the first place. And St Starfield. Stuff that worries me. And listen, I'm, I'm sure he worries Postacoglu. You can bet that Ange Postacoglu has not seen every player that's coming into Celtic Park. He could have come in on a strong recommendation and Postacoglu, in a desperate situation, has taken him. But Postacoglu is not stupid. He'll, he'll be looking at Starfield and thinking to himself, I, I can't hang my hat on this guy. I mean, mm. he, I mean he's another couple of centre-backs in. Mm. He's been culpable, hasn't he, in, quite, in, in, in terms of quite a few Celtic goals already. Uh, in the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, if you go back to Jablonic's, um, you know, the, the ball over the top, I mean, that's... Yeah. You know, no pressure on the ball in midfield. He's a Swedish international. First thing, and Stephen will tell you, if there's no pressure on the ball in midfield, the first thing Stephen's doing is dropping. Mm -hmm. it, you don't want to be caught with the, the ball over no. the top. And, and it was like amateur defending. The goal against Hearts at the weekend at the front post, where he should deal with it, doesn't deal with it, um, should be anticipating that someone's making the run on his shoulder as well. Gives the penalty away. 
doesn't look good at all. So that would be that's that's Davy's concern is that right at the top of the show we're speaking about potential signings, we're speaking about right back and a striker. But actually, centre-back is top priority because things further forward are looking pretty bright. Um, but in, in big games coming up, they're, yeah. they're going to need to be much stronger defensively. Well, if they don't strengthen between now and the old firm game, the old firm game will be a real test to see what they've got, to see how good they are, especially going to Ibrox with a full house. You know, the atmosphere, the noise, everything that goes with it, the tempo of the game. You may get away with the back four they have just now for premiership games certain games at home somewhere in this weekend I don't think they'll have you know I wouldn't say that much of a problem but they won't be under the kind of pressure they will be tonight against Alkmaar what they will be next Thursday against Alkmaar what they will be next Sunday against Rangers so that kind of can cover you a little bit it can give you a little bit of false sense of hope that you think everything's going well false sense of security everybody's tidy and, and, and compact so I think first of all tonight will be a real good marker to see where Carl Starfelt is, to see where Stephen Welch is, to see as the back four rub where they are. If they can cope well and add me tonight, they may grow into the game. But you need competition for places. You need dominant centre-halves. You need people who... I mean, you don't have to think of last year of Halander and, and Barisic at times. Uh, sorry, Halander and um, and Golson. Dominant, you know, doing really well. Just give that base with the goalkeeper behind. Give that little triangle just to think, we're solid here, everybody else can go and attack. And Celtic look like they're going to go and attack and they're going to be open. They can't leave themselves exposed to the back. Stephen Craig and Davy Proven, Rob McLean on the Wednesday Goat Radio football show ahead of a massive week in Europe. It's uh, Canabag against Aberdeen tomorrow at five in Baku. At six o'clock, uh, St Johnston in Austria to play Lask and Rangers at home to Alaskert tomorrow night at eight at Ibrox, the Armenian team. But of course, it all starts uh, at 7.45 tonight, Celtic Park, Celtic against Azed Alkmaar, who finished third in the Dutch top flight last season, um, looking to get the sort of result that gives them uh, every chance of uh, making progress into the Europa League uh, group stages. Uh, join us for the football discussion, 08, 08 17, 17 700 if you want to have a chat with us about European games, about domestic football as well, and maybe the changing perception about the balance of power in Scottish football. Um, it all seems to have shifted pretty dramatically, Davy, over the last couple of weeks with Rangers getting off to a very patchy start to the season, yeah. three defeats on the bounce, uh, and Celtic going from a situation which looked pretty shambolic uh to something much more positive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you'd asked any Celtic supporter to give you an honest opinion a month ago, they had written off the title already this season. Mm. I think they probably would have been hoping to to win one of the Cups and see an improvement under, under Ange Postecoglou. I think they would have settled for that, most of them. Not now. No. Not now, because there is a level of expectation that's come about, I think, through some of the terrific football Celtic have been playing mm. from midfield forward. And now there is an expectation that the team is going to have to live with. Um, I, I spoke earlier about the lift that players get when a new signing comes in, walks into a dressing room. If you, Juranovic comes in, Croatian international, you know, if you're Callum McGregor and, and you, you know, if you think how badly last season ended, Callum McGregor will need a lift. He, he's the leader in the dressing room. When he sees international players walking into the dressing room, he thinks, well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to have to carry this on my own. Mm. I've got good company here. And if he gets another two or three in, I think the mood in the dressing room changes. And I, I think I think Celtic are only two or three key signings away from, from being a, a very decent side this season. 
This is what Ange Postecoglou uh, yesterday's media conference said about Juranovic. And obviously since then, um, we've had the news that uh, a two and a half million pounds price tag has been agreed. Here, here it was yesterday. Yeah, look, again, me speculating on names, I, he, you know, he'd be one of a number of right fullbacks we would have been uh, linked with over the period of sort of being here. It's obviously an area where we definitely need some cover at the moment. Anthony Rolson's doing an outstanding job and oh, I think there's, got, there's more in him to improve, but you know, he can't play every game. So it's a definitely an area we need to strengthen and it's an area we're definitely targeting and I'm hoping for us to add to, but to sort of nail it down to one person, that, that's not how it's been working. Like I said, I think I said a couple of weeks back, we're, we're working on multiple targets in each position because the way the market is at the moment, you're just no guarantee of getting anyone over the line. So that's probably why I've been linked with so many people. But in terms of deals done, nothing's done yet. This is a guy who's second only crags to Sofal of West Ham mm. in the Croatian national team and we're talking two and a half million pounds I mean that it's this seems like it could be a really good deal because uh, how well did Croatia do as well and he featured in the Euros it seems a remarkable figure of two and a half million pounds for a Croatian international suppose you think back to I mean David we're talking off air about Borna Barisic coming in for not an awful lot of money mm. considering where he is now in a Croatian international and his performances for Rangers. So it just shows you there's players out there. There's a market out there that if you scrutinise it enough and you go in depth enough, you can get players. There's leagues you can go and buy players from. If you buy and try and buy a player from the English Premier League, you can't. Italian league, Serie A, uh, you know, Spanish, you can't. But you go to the Polish leagues and the Dutch leagues, there's bargains there. It's about getting them out. It's about having contacts, watching enough games, seeing if they suit your style of play. If they can get an international player in for two and a half million pounds, that is a real coup for Celtic, you have to say. If you're a Celtic fan and you're on the way to the game tonight, give us a call. Um, 0808 17 17 700, the Go Radio Football Show. Let us know what you think. How excited are you about heading along tonight? And uh, what do you reckon you are going to see as well? Well, those were his thoughts on on Juranovic, and that sounds like a, a deal that is happening. And certainly when he spoke yesterday, he seemed uh, pretty optimistic, very positive, in fact, um, about not just one player coming in, but quite a few. We just need players. And, you know, I've said that consistently from the start and uh, I've also consistently said we're working hard it's not an easy market to, to get deals done but you know I, I can at least now confidently give a deadline because the deadline's actually coming up so I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll have players in before the transfer deadline not pretty confident I'm very confident um, it's just a matter of timing and getting getting things done like I said it's it's, it's not as straightforward as it used to be and uh, you know we're very close to, to a few deals I think we just need to sort of keep doing what we're doing stay focused and disciplined and, and make sure we get the right players in and it'll help us enormously because as I said we're, we're putting a, a big workload on a, on a sort of core group of players at the moment I love it, Davey, that he doesn't speak in riddles. I mean, we're used to so many <laughs> managers trying to baffle us with science and just failing to answer a direct question. But you ask him a direct question yeah. and, and he hits you pretty straight with an answer, doesn't I, he? I think where he where he can, you know, where he feels qualified to give an answer. I think initially, Rob, he was been asked questions that he, well, he, he was not prepared yeah, to answer. Absolutely. But I, I think now that he's, he's getting to know the club and the people he's working for, he's much more open. Um, and I hope he doesn't change because we've seen we've seen him mm. come in before like this, you know. And managers, you know, come in they're really honest and open, and then the relationship with the media becomes strained, and then they become a different person. I just hope this guy continues to be as upfront as he's being right now. I think we heard on the show last night from um, quite a few Celtic fans who are just loving the cut of his jib 
uh, Craggs and, and the fact that he, he does tell it like it is and, he, and, he, and he's being very honest with them and that's not something you would level at Celtic as a club uh, in the search for a replacement manager since Neil Lennon left Listen, he's 55 years of age he's an, he's an experienced manager and I remember one of his first few press conferences they were asking him questions as if he was just a novice coming into Celtic and never having managed a football club before and I think something along the lines of his answer was I've been to a World Cup I've managed in the World Cup finals you know, and he was really calm. He wasn't arrogant about it. He was just putting it out there to say, don't be asking me questions like I've never managed before. I have. I know what I'm doing. I've had success. I know how I want my team to play. I know the kind of players I'm looking for. They may not be there at that time or they weren't there at that time, but you can see now he's just adding as he goes along. And who are we to dampen the optimism of Celtic fans? You know, after the year, 18 months they've had, you know, they've got a right to enjoy watching their team play. And I said last night that the players are playing with a smile on their face. There's a freedom about them, Rob. And there's a smile on the face of the supporters. I mean, I arrived on, on Sunday at halftime. I was there to do the draw. I came from Wraith Rovers. There was about 300 people queuing to get tickets at halftime to try and get into the second half. Mm. You know, that wouldn't have been the case yeah. six months ago if you'd be able to buy a ticket and get to the game because the Celtic fans had kind of fell out with the team. They weren't happy with the board. They didn't like the direction of the team, the kind of appetite of the team. Now it's rules reversed. And you've got to say in such a short space of time, Postacoglu has done a remarkable job. Does he seem like the right type, Davy, to, to tackle the, the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl? I mean, he doesn't seem as if he would be overawed by anything. Well, I, I think he's, for one of a better expression, expression, I think he's a hard case. Uh-huh. You know, this a street fighter? S- oh, absolutely, yeah. I, I, I think we've still to see under the veneer, if you like, you know, this, um, this polished, softly spoken, educated veneer, I, I, think there's a, I think there's a real hard case under there. I don't think anyone will be t- taking liberties with him and that includes Dominic Mackay and those that, that are upstairs. I, I, don't, I don't think he'll take any nonsense off anyone. He seems to be uh, pointing Celtic in the right direction and he'll hope to do so tonight uh, against Azed Alkmaar in the Europa League qualifiers. 7.45 kickoff. We will have the team news uh, before we go. So what we will do in the next uh, hour and a half or so is piece together what we think the Celtic team will be uh, tonight. Uh, we're going to hear more from Ange Postacoglu. We're going to hear more from uh, Stephen Gerrard as well. He's at a media conference today looking ahead to uh, tomorrow night's game, looking ahead to possibly making a midfield signing uh, very soon, possibly in a matter of hours as well. John Lundstrom has been talking as well about his desire to uh, take Rangers further in European football and to score more goals for them as well. You can join the conversation too. 0808 1717 700. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show on our Wednesday evening. Rob McLean, Davey Proven, Stephen Cragen here. What are you thinking about uh, Celtic against Alkmaar? 7.45 kickoff. Uh, we will have the team news probably around about quarter to seven. Uh, our Celtic uh, heading somewhere good in terms of uh, Ange Postecoglou at the reins, making some good signings, turning things around, four wins on the bounce and 16 goals in the process. Can they keep that going uh, tonight? Three European ties tomorrow night for the Scottish teams. Um, of course, it's the last hurdle before the group stages. Is it crazy to think, David, Proven, we could have four teams in the group stages. <sighs> Might be wishful thinking, Rob, but um, it would just be so good for the game here. And I, you know, I, I think our league—we were talking about having the three big city derbies back. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I think our league is, is looking pretty good at the moment, but I always believe that the, the only place you should measure yourself is in European competition. And that's where you find out the quality of your league, the strength of your clubs. Um, saddened to see both old firm clubs out of the Champions League, but were they to get into the Europa League? Um, it's a money spinner, and, and even more so for the likes of St. Johnson, Hibs and Aberdeen. You know, if, if they could make the group stages, the financial windfall would be an absolute godsend for these clubs. And that competition, Davey, really was for our clubs outside the old firm, the conference, because... You know, if the old firm are just about making into the Europa League group stages, it's kind of hard to, you know, expect Hibs and Aberdeen initially to make it way into there. But if you can make it into the Europa, do you have you make some money? Then it means you can build, you can add, and you can start to progress year on year. So it would be great to have either St Johnston or Aberdeen in the uh, in the group stages of the conference. Yes, it's going to be tough. We know that. But even the Europa League, I've watched Shamrock Rovers and. And and then Doc, you know, clubs like that getting themselves in over the years and always looking and thinking, how come some of our clubs over here who are better financed, better supported, how come we can't get in? So mm. hopefully this year, you know, Aberdeen or St Johnson will buck the trend. The thing is, you know, if 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 you look at Hibs, you know, when when they go out of Europe, that's a completely different budget Jack Ross is working mm. with already. Yeah. I mean, the, the transfer window is still open. You imagine Hibs had got through. It's a totally different season in terms of who he can bring in. And it might be a case now of Ron Gordon saying, um, you know, I'm going to have to lose maybe one or two of my my star players. And that, and that is the difference between getting in the Europa League group stages. Uh, yeah. It's a lot, a lot of money at stake now. Yeah, because today they've uh, handed a new contract, an extension to his contract to Martin Boyle. There was a whiff of interest from Aberdeen. There was talk of a half million pound bid. Um, of course, there was this clause, there is this clause in his contract uh, that he can talk to potential suitors out with Scotland if there is a, a, a bit of minimum £500,000, but not from a fellow Premiership team. So I think that was quickly swatted away uh, and he's been uh, handed an extended deal. But the likes of Nisbet and Porteous, maybe they are now under threat in terms of their future at Hibs with uh, the Easter Road team being out of Europe. Let's get uh, Gary involved in the, the football chat on the Go Radio Football Show. He's a Rangers fan, huh, Gary? How you doing, boys? Craig, Davey? How you doing? Yep, good, thanks. Yourself? I know too bad. Uh, I was just giving these a wee calls, listening to these there, and I kind of agree with what Davey says. You know, I'm I'm quite sad, obviously, that the old firm teams are at uh, the Champions League, but I think Europe's a level. Obviously, I'm going to go more, talk more about Rangers now. Mm. I think the uh, Europa League's more Rangers level than it. Uh, it was great to have that wee taste it again. I'd spoke these uh, just at the start of the season about hearing that Champions League music and Ibrox again and it was a wee taster so hopefully it's a start on what to come It's sad though isn't it Davey if we have to settle for Europa League level Well I don't think Rangers would have could have picked a better route into the group stages than they were offered this season You know Malmo Malmo's budget's nowhere near the size of Rangers' budget and I know they're well into their season but Rangers should have been beating Malmo particularly when they get back in the tie with the early goal at Ibrooks, Marmo got a player sent off and they still can't get the job done. And Ludogorets were waiting on them. Ludogorets of Bulgaria, who have a stadium capacity of 10,000. I mean, Rangers will never have a better chance of getting into the groups. And I heard Stephen Gerrard saying last week, you know, are we ready to play Chelsea or Man City? Maybe not. Well, nobody's expecting them to match Chelsea or Man City. But getting into the Champions League groups is worth, what, 35, 40 million quid? Yeah, it's colossal money and do you think Gary that might have uh, serious implications for the club in terms of the decision 
about selling a player or players now? Absolutely. Um, I think we were definitely building, thinking we were going to get to the group stages, bringing in Lisa Carla and uh, Monstrum, you know, and so on. Yeah. Um, I do think there's going to have to be one or two go. Uh, there's sort of rumours kicking about the now. There's a midfielder coming in. So, you know, is it maybe going to be Kamara that's on his way or is this long-term planning? Is, is Ryan, when's Ryan Jack coming back? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, it is disappointing and I think it is going to affect the team. There's definitely got to be at least one going out, I think. Let, let's have a listen to your gaffer. He, he, was, he was speaking today at the media conference about about signings. Hear what he said about in incoming players and, and maybe outgoings as well. Well, look, I think it's very difficult to put a number on that. Um, I don't think there'll be many incomings, that's for sure. But whilst the window's still open, you never know what's going to land on your table in terms of people bidding for your players. So I don't want to make a liar out of myself. I'm always trying to be honest and respectful with you guys. We're trying to make an addition in, in the midfield area. I can certainly tell you that. But what I won't do is comment on, on any other club's players. I don't think that's professional from my point of view. That was interesting, wasn't it, Craigs? You never know what's going to land on your table. Um, is, is he coming to terms with having to sell one of the key players in the squad? Well, his managing director said last December that they would have to sell a player per window, probably. You know, whether that included January or not, quite clearly it didn't because they got through January and kept what they had. So you would think something has to happen this window. But you have to say they're in a position of strength at the moment with the players who have a value on them or a good value. You think of Barisic, Kamara, Kent, Aribo, Morelos, they all have a minimum of two years left in their contract, two seasons. So, but Rangers have to be careful because the tide's turned a little bit with regards. Momentum seems to be on Celtic's side. They're feeling good. They're making signings. They played well at the weekend. Everyone's enjoying their football. What kind of message does that, if Rangers sell Morelos and Kent, Morelos and, and, and Kamara between now and the end of the window? What kind of message does that send to the supporters? Does that then push even more momentum towards Celtic? Does it deflate the Rangers supporters a little bit? You know, they have to... It's a fine balance between making those decisions and that's what the board will have to come up with. If it's financial and it needs to go, it needs to go. But Rangers need to be back on form before that happens. Otherwise, it just knocks Rangers down a little bit further. What do you think, Gary? I mean, how much has the complexion changed in the last couple of weeks in terms of the Celtic recovery from where they were um, and Rangers' faltering start to the season? I think it's huge. I think uh, Craig's absolutely right. It's swung from Rangers to Lewis to Celtic are right in my shout this year. I mean, after the first game of the season, you're sort of going, right, picking up where we left off. But since then, uh, it's been a wee bit shaky nail. So it is worrying as a Rangers fan at the moment. Uh, I know we got the win against Dunfermline, but you're kind of expecting that. But uh, like Craig was and David were saying, you know, you're obviously expecting something against a team like Malmo, uh, especially when it comes to wage and expenditure and so on. It's uh, <clears throat> it's hard to pick your finger on. I don't know if it was a huge mistake on Rangers' behalf if they let him, if they left Alfredo uh, over in Colombia. Oh, sorry, allowed him his two weeks break as as reported, but. I don't know, man. For the biggest game of the season, it just all went wrong. And I spoke to you just before the game and I said, you know, it gave me the fear. I remember us going against Malmo 11, 12 years ago or something. So I know there were no uh, no pushovers, but it's worrying to see at the moment. Um, and I do think if two players go, I think we're going to struggle this season. 
David, Stephen Gerrard has, has spoken a lot about noise, ignoring noise on the outside. Mm. Do you think there's noise on the inside at the moment? Do you think there's too much noise around players and contracts and transfers and, ev- and, and stuff that you don't really want to be getting involved with compared to what's happening on the pitch? Well, I think what happens off the pitch always affects what happens on it, Rob. And, and you don't know what is going on in certain players' minds. Um, what, what really surprised me is that um, 18 months ago, Alfredo Morelos didn't get back to Scotland in time to prepare for a Scottish Cup tie at Tynecastle. Stephen Gerrard left him out and gave him a rocket, a public rocket. Now, here we were 18 months on. A couple of weeks ago, Stephen Gerrard openly admitted, I don't know when Alfredo Morelos is due back in Scotland. Mm. And it, it was astonishing to me that, as, as Gary says, Rangers' biggest game of the season, bar none, and arguably their best hope of getting a goal in that tie was nowhere to be seen. And, you know, if I'm Rangers, I'm now looking to cash in on Morelos if I get a half-decent offer. And they won't get top dollar. In the same way that Celtic won't get top dollar for Edward now. They're, for me, they're going to have to take what they get for him. But I think with having two years left, Davy Rangers would be in a stronger position than what Celtic would be with Edward, wouldn't they? You know, I, I, I think they have to be careful what they let him go for and how that will come across to their supporters. That's what they have to manage. Plus, you would think that Alfredo Morelos is probably the most valuable asset. A goal scorer, everybody wants goal scorers. And come towards the end of the window, managers always will go to chairman and owners and say, I need a forward, I want a goal scorer, I need someone who can get me goals. That's going to make a difference. That's, that's the dream they sell to their chairman and their owners. And if Alfredo Morelos is still available and he's still at Rangers at that time, that's when the value could slightly go up just because of the need for a centre-forward at that time. But I said, I think they have to be careful that they don't allow the momentum to swing even further towards Celtic and allow it to drop off a little bit towards Rangers because you wouldn't just, I wouldn't say disinterest, but you wouldn't just deflate the Rangers supporters, you would deflate the Rangers team thinking that's our two best players. They've gone, yes, they've got £20 million in the bank, whatever they've got between them, but suddenly... The players are looking around and thinking, right, who's going to be the inspiration? Who's going to be the difference in these games? And that's where the balance comes in. Is it a gamble? Yes, it is. But we talk about the £35, £40 million Champions League money, Davey, for next year. If you win the league, do you gamble for that? Because you haven't made Champions League. Is that the gambling aspect? It's certainly a big question for both clubs. I, I, I don't think Rangers will get top dollar for Morelos now. And, and buying clubs are not stupid. They do their homework on, on the clubs that they're going to approach. And they will know that they know how Rangers work. Rangers directors have been throwing money at this. The, the books do not make any sense at Ibrox at the moment. Rangers are a club who need to get some money in now. And, and you know, anyone who's interested in Alfredo Morelos will know that. So they're going to couch their offer. They're going to lowball Rangers. Um, and I, I, I don't see, even with two years left in this contract, I, I don't see Rangers getting anywhere near 20 million or, or these, those kind of numbers for Morelos. Gary, this is a conversation that, that we just didn't expect to be having a couple of weeks into the season, isn't it? You know, Rangers, on, on the back of what they achieved last season, um, both domestically and in Europe, winning the title by 25 points, improving the squad, it looked stronger. Um, the question marks were all about Celtic. Suddenly there are questions about Rangers, uh, question, you know, you're, you're questioning Morellas and, and what he maybe does to team morale, uh, at a point where you would have thought Rangers would have been just clicking into top gear and picking up where they left off last season. Absolutely. It's, it's mind-boggling. Like, <clears throat> maybe it was the benefit of the doubt. There was obviously a couple of players coming back from like the Euros and stuff, so that's obviously unsettled the team. 
Kamara wasn't straight back. Barisic, obviously Morelos was away uh, over in America's playing uh, in the off version. But uh, it actually feels eerily similar to sort of last season, a Celtic sort of starting unready. That's what Rangers seemed this season. They didn't seem ready for it. Yeah. You've got a Champions League qualifier worth that amount of money. I think we were about four or five players doing like compared to our sort of full strength team last season obviously with Kamara suspended Riff suspended I don't think Barisic was quite at the game no. you know and uh, it's, it's very worrying as a Rangers fan you know, it's definitely not what I thought I'd be speaking about no. uh, two or three weeks ago What Stephen Gerrard was speaking about today was was a, an addition uh, to the midfield a new a new midfielder signing it may well be that, that he's talking about the Huddersfield mid, midfielder Juninho Bakuna who, who's being uh, linked with Rangers at the moment um, you would wonder whether Rangers need a midfielder uh, maybe Glenn Kamara is on the way out maybe that, that's what this is all about but he was asked today about the timeline in terms of signing a midfielder as I said earlier the, the progress is really good it's strong I'm hoping uh, to have some news uh, in the coming days but until done and dusted, it's very hard to give you an exact day, time and date. I'm, I'm hoping for, for more positive news in the coming hours, uh, maybe sometime tomorrow, and maybe we might have something to say around tomorrow's game. We'll just have to wait and see. But I don't want to get too carried away or ahead of myself as well. So it sounds, Craig, that that could happen tomorrow. Um, does that surprise yeah. you, a, a midfield signing for Rangers? Do they, do they need another midfielder? Well, when you look at what they have on their books, you would suspect that they don't. What they possibly need... If they are going for a midfield player, it's something a little bit different. I think they need a playmaker. They need an attacking midfield player who's going to be creative. You only have to think of the Malmo game when they struggled. And, and he said it himself after, his team didn't go through the middle of Malmo often enough. They didn't have that little spark and that creativity, that cutting edge, that player who can make something happen from in between the lines in the centre of the pitch. They have it in the wide areas and they ended up having to cross the ball. So, you know, is Bakuna that type of player? Is he going to be the little link between the midfield and the strikers where he's, he's just something different, which means they can maybe change their formation at times. You can go with two centre forwards and with him in behind. It may mean leaving Kent and Scott Wright and the guys out. But certainly, you would think that uh, if he comes in as a midfield player, then that is the area of the pitch where someone has to move on. Because I said it last night, you can't continually try and, play, try and please seven or eight midfield players over a season it isn't going to happen they all want to play week in week out they all think they're good enough to play Lundstrom's just come in Steve Davis is experienced these guys want to play Joe Rebo is, is a valuable asset so how you get them all into the team I don't know you end up having too many in the one area people become disgruntled it affects people they're not happy their moods change and that's another side of management Stephen Gerrard has to deal with because if you build a big squad you've got to try and appease a big squad Gary what are you thinking about tomorrow night um, how significant was last Friday night and, and getting back on a, a winning track um, against Dunfermline in the League Cup 5-0 did that make you feel a bit happier about what's to come tomorrow night or do you think there's still a fair bit to prove in terms of Rangers against Alish Kurt tomorrow I think Rangers have got a lot to prove <coughs> excuse me I think Rangers have got a lot to prove uh, they've not started the season off in a place of glory and there's whispers starting to go about you know is it the fans is it the defence when they're saying they're going to uh, buy another midfielder I would be worried more about defence in it to be fair it is a wee sort of niggling rumour uh, myth or so called but it feels as if, you know, the fans are back, Rangers are unsettled, and it is worrying. And that's what I would personally worry about is the defence, because, I mean, that was two games in a row in the Champions League qualifiers. The bottle just totally went over the space of seven, eight minutes. Yeah. 
Gary, good hearing from you. Uh, some interesting thoughts from you there. Good to have you on the show. All the best to you. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for taking the call, guys. Cheers, See you. Cheers Gary. As Gary making some uh, very interesting points um, about Rangers at the moment, the concerns of the fans, the conversations they thought they wouldn't be having at this stage in the middle of August. Rangers against Alishkirt tomorrow night at 8 at Ibrox. Tonight at 7.45, Celtic against Alkmaar. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from 5. It's Rob McLean, David Proven, Stephen Cragen on a Wednesday on the Go Radio Football Show. Um, and your calls pretty much dictate the direction of the conversation uh, we need all the help we can get to be perfectly honest uh, we would Gary with us before the break talking Rangers and we've got Simon after the break talking Celtic hi Simon hi there how you doing good thank you, you you've got a podcast give that a quick plug before we go any further I do it's uh, the Fitzbean Happening podcast you can get it on uh, social media at Fitzbean Pod um, got a lot of stuff coming up on that, but yeah, I wasn't about the game tonight anyway. You're on. You're heading to the game, yeah. I'm just about to head off in uh, five or ten minutes, yeah. So um, just thought I'd come on and talk about the game, really. <laughs> and is it Inange we trust? Is that the is that the theme at the moment? Yeah, see, when I got appointed, I was quite um, optimistic, and looking back, it was blind optimism. It's somewhat paying off, and of course, it's early stages, but even the wee things that. Players like I know Ralston's form's been getting talked about, but just wee things the fact that Christy and Edward are still in a Celtic shirt, which blows my mind at this stage, and they're even playing with a smile on their face. And I know that sounds a bit daft to say, but the whole the whole mood in the club has changed. And even at that, um, Porsicogu got a great reception at the game last week, and they came out and said after it, that's brilliant, but I've not done anything to earn that yet. So seems very level headed, and everything he's doing just seems to, to be working well. and we're bringing in young players and they're coming into the team and performing well and it's just baffling. You look at how, how short Celtic were last season for players and you can have Montgomery coming in and he's performing well when he comes off the bench as well. So um, the whole mood of the club has changed and listen, I'm not under any uh, illusions but we've still got a long way to go and we've got a lot of uh, signings we need to make on and off the park but I didn't expect this season to be going like this um, so far so I'll, I'll enjoy it while I can because last season was not that fun so I'll enjoy it, I'll enjoy it when, we're, when we're doing alright so. It's the mad world of Scottish football isn't it and it's, it's, it's incredible how quickly it all changes you, may, you mentioned uh, Simon Christie um, and Edouard there do you, do you think they can stay? Do you think they will stay? I personally think that they, 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 I think they will I think that they both had poor seasons last season. I know Edward scored 20, 22, 23 goals, whatever it was, but even at that, by their own standards, it was a poor season. And as much as they might want to move on and their contracts are coming to an end, it's Christie's and Ed, I know Edward's younger, but they both could and should be getting moves to pretty decent clubs and sizable clubs at that as well. So it might be worth them just getting a year extension, buckling down and just getting on with it and having a good season under Ange and they might get more money, a better move for themselves as well. So they might look at it that way and I hope they do because I think if they both stay, um, our attack is absolutely night and day compared to what it looked like last season. Do you think they'll stay, Davey? Well, if I'm Celtic, I'm looking to get Edward out the door right now. Um, you cannot allow him to run his contract down. You know, there's there's a substantial amount of money to be had from selling odds on Edward. Again, I don't think Celtic will get top dollar for him. 
he's not the player he was 18 months, two years ago. But I what, think do you, what do you think he'd get for him now? Uh, Rob, I'd only be guessing, you know. Because they signed him for nine million. So, I mean, your point would be they, they paid nine million. So you're looking at a loss situation here if they keep him for the season. I, I, I really don't know. At one time, I thought he would have got a top six Premier, Premier League club in England. Now we're talking about Brighton and Southampton. So his stock is already falling, if you like. Um, if I'm Celtic, I look to get a deal done on Edward, take the money, whatever you get, try and get a replacement in Christie. Um, and it beggars belief that Celtic have have allowed him to get within months of the end of his contract. He he Ryan Christie is either playing out his skin because he's in the shop window, or he believes in Postecoglou. And I would like to think it's the latter of the two. And if Celtic can talk Ryan Christie into a new contract, I think it would be a terrific piece of business. Eduardo, I think he has to go. I mean, the the other side of the coin here is investing in Celtic winning the title and then you're well, then you're talking tens of millions of pounds and, and what you do or don't get for Odson Edouard actually doesn't really matter if it gets to that stage well that's the gamble and that's why I'm talking about Rangers as well do they hold on to what they've got do they try and keep it compact and tight for another six months get to Christmas and see where they are if they have to sell sell but don't break up the squad just now to disrupt the supporters and everything going. And Celtic may be the same. They may think, well, let's get to January. If we're in a competitive position in the league, we maybe hold on to Edward. Yes, it's a huge loss of £9 million. I mean, only the financial guys can talk about that. Or do we let him see the season through, get us 15, 20 goals, we win the title. Yes, he walks away for nothing, but that may be overshadowed by the fact that we've got to the Champions League group stages and there's £35 million coming into the coffers. That's the balance both clubs will have to look at. And that's the gamble they have to look at. And who's prepared to push that a little bit further? Who can afford to push that a little bit further? You know, we don't know the ins and outs. We're just kind of reading, trying to read between the lines of how it would work for both clubs. But if they could get their, what, 10, 12, 14 million pounds back for Edward, I would imagine Celtic would take it. But if anything comes below that, Rob, and they lose on the 9 million pounds invested, he's certainly worth minimum what they paid for him. If they can't get that for him, then I don't know if it's financially viable for Celtic to sell because they wouldn't be able to replace that quality of player for eight or nine million pounds. Then they leave a huge hole to fill. So it's uh, over so to Dominic McHale. You're all the best in your new mm, job and, exactly. you know, uh, and how you're trying to balance it and selling that to the supporters. Yeah, I mean, we're talking here midfield to front, aren't we? An area that has been really impressive from, from Celtic. You're talking about keeping two key components of that uh, in Edouard and Christie. But what about the defence? I mean, we've spoken about that already uh, in the show so far, Simon. What, what are you thinking uh, about Starfelt? Uh, and this, the Celtic defence in general has the all the attacking forward play uh, covered up uh, a, a big problem that needs to be dealt with at the back? Yeah, I think it has. I think the, the defence is far from it and that is the concern. Tony, I've, I've always liked Ralston, um, although I'll admit I've, I didn't expect him to, to kind of show this early because he's, he's still only, what, 22 years old? Yeah. But Ralston's playing well, getting a new right back in. Um, I've been incredibly impressed with Stephen Welsh not just how he defends but he also has a bit of leadership about him at a young age which is brilliant to see and I think Joe Hart behind him will only do wonders for him um, I know Julian's out for a wee bit longer Starfield I think I would still like to see another centre-back come in I, I think he'll I think he'll be fine but I think he will just need a bit of time to settle because a lot of the things he's doing the penalty that's not a, a lack of ability that's just making the wrong decision and if your decision making is wrong unless he just has very poor decision making which I don't know because I've not seen enough of him to me that says that he's not ready to be starting every game to be playing every game and 
it can sometimes, I mean, I know it's been talked about a lot in football over the last 18 months, especially during these times that it can be difficult to settle in and the rest of it. But he's been kind of flung in and, and looked at as our main centre-back when he's just in the door. And I know he's came a price tag and, you know, he's played at a half-decent level before, but I would like to think that it's just more a, a case of um, once he finds his feet, he'll be a wee bit better. And I'm seeing he's, he does, he, he gets up well in the air and I've, for, he's not the tallest of centre-backs, but he does get up in the air and compete well. And I think Welsh as well, I was really impressed with um, how he attacks set plays because we've really mass- we've not had that for quite a while a centre half that's happy to go in and um, try and get goals and Welsh scored at the weekend but he had another chance as well and he was always in and about it so um, I think another signing or two um, and it should be okay I know we're talking Europe tonight and uh, the game against Alkmaar that you're heading for shortly what about Celtic as title contenders this season I mean that might have seemed laughable a couple of weeks ago when uh, everything seemed pretty shambolic and disorganised have you have you changed in terms of your belief Simon about what's possible this season uh, Rob listen see before pan- the pandemic hit Stephen Gerrard was getting booed in the stadium and then the next time he's in the stadium he's with the fans he's a he's, a, he's, he's won the title with the club so Things can change in football very quickly. Um, I don't think there's a massive amount of pressure on Ange to necessarily win the title. Of course, it's expected. It's, it's Celtic, it's Rangers. But I think as long as he's competitive, mm-hmm. I don't think too many fans will get his back. But given what I've seen, the improvements that he can make, I really don't think um, it's unrealistic even. Just the wee things I was mentioning earlier. And for example, Sunday... Um, we got a goal kick and from Joe Hart taking the goal kick quickly to about four or five seconds later we've won a corner up the other end of the park under Lennon that just wasn't happening at all so I think we'll, the games we really struggled in the Livingstons and uh, other other games like that I think that's where we'll probably um, be a lot more comfortable this year not massively confident heading into the game at the end of the month against Rangers but I think um, a couple more signings and I don't see why we can't challenge Going to let you go and get your skates on shortly to get to the game. What are you thinking about tonight? Uh, do you know, I'll just take a win. <laughs> a comfortable win at that. We sometimes in the past in the qualifiers we've had a comfortable home win and then we've went out and uh, made a bit of a meal of it and done it the tough way, especially with Rodgers. Um, so I think we've got goals in us. So I think if um, we can start how we did against Hearts on Sunday, um, hopefully we could get two or three goals uh, and keep a clean sheet at the back and take it into next week so I'll say 3-0 Good man good to have you on the show and enjoy the game Right thanks very much cheers The Go Radio Football Show Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 Simon called that very number just before the news at 6 to have a chat with us to talk Celtic and his increased optimism since Ange Postacoglu got his feet under the table uh, and he went from any Celtic win that will do to a confident prediction about 3-0 <laughs> Davey which uh, Celtic would be delighted with tonight yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a step up in class. I think Ange Postacoglu will have a much better idea of where he is in terms of his rebuild after this game tonight. What do you think the team's going to be? Um, we will have the actual um, in about half an hour or so. This was the Celtic team that beat Hearts 3-2 at the weekend. Joe Hart and goals, Tony Ralston, Stephen Welsh, Kyle Starfelt and Greg Taylor, uh, Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic and David Turnbull. Um, James Forrest and uh, 
Otsun Edouard and Kyogo Furuhashi were the were the front three. Um, what what are you reckoning tonight, David? I think I think Abad, I think he's dropped fairly heavy hints. Uh, Ange Postecoglou that Liel Abada could return tonight. Straight in. Well, it'll it, be interesting who, if he starts both Abada and Forrest, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, but I, I, I can't see that. I think no. he's going to play Furuhashi and and Edouard. Um, so do you see, same team. I think it's. I think it's more or less going to be the same team. Yeah. Uh, the question would be Forrester or Bada, yeah. but I think it's Furuhashi off the left yeah. with uh, Edward through the middle. Craigs, would you want more of an insurance policy in that midfield? I mean, that's a very attacking yeah. midfield when Callum McGregor's your anchor player and you've got David Turnbull and Tom Rogic alongside. Is that solid enough against a team that were third best in in Holland last season? Well, we'll find out tonight. But if he is to go with that three, there has to be a responsibility that if you look around and suddenly you find yourself as a deepest land midfield player, you can't then go and join in the attack and look to get beyond the other two. So it could be a case of if Callum McGregor goes beyond David Turnbull, someone then has to say to David Turnbull, you've got to sit. You've got to protect the middle of the pitch. Whenever you do, you know, particularly in Europe, whenever teams come and they probably get a little bit more pace than what the Scottish teams have, they've got a little bit more ability with regards to keeping the ball and can play in the counter-attack. If you empty the middle of the pitch and leave it, that's where the opposition can break into and can drive and Davies touched on it already. The last thing you want is players driving at Starfeld, who's still finding his feet. Stephen Welsh, who's still, you know, making his way in his career and and, and, and trying to sort out where he's going to end up. You know, listen, let's be honest. He's done really, really well. He's done better than what I thought he would have done, Stephen Welsh. So the last thing you want to do is try and expose that area of your team, particularly if you're asking Tony Ralston to go and attack and you're asking Greg Taylor to go and attack. It means then you need an insurance policy right in front of those two centre halves. And that's why... James McCarthy may come into the thinking. You know, Tom Rogic has come in, in the last couple of games and he's he's been good and they've been fine. I just wonder, might he look at putting James McCarthy into it? It could be too early and go with David Turnbull and go with Callum McGregor. Uh, you know, free Callum up a little bit more to go forward. Or is he going to be brave and bold and say, Do you know what? We're good enough. We're better than Alkmaar. We're going to go and have a go at them. So I think it'll be defining with regards to that three what he does. Celtic manager certainly knows the significance of getting a good result when you're at home in Europe. Uh, all those famous nights at Celtic Park. If you look back, you know, over the sort of the history of the of the club, I think that's where that aura around European nights came about. Was that they, you know, got some pretty big scalps, particularly here at, at Celtic Park. The atmosphere, the crowd, it, it all play, plays its part. It's why, you know, obviously I was keen for us um, as soon as sort of we got everyone into back into the stadium for us to to you know I sort of use the the term of sell some belief to our supporters that you know and some hope that you know this year we'll, we we can do can do things I think it's important as you said particularly in European nights the atmosphere you meet sometimes away from home is is pretty challenging so to be able to get results big performances at home certainly helps you progress in the competition Simon was talking uh, 3-0 um, maybe that's a, a little bit optimistic but but certainly Celtic would need to be taking something David to hang on yeah. to in the Netherlands next week I, I, I think I think Craig's is right. I think he's he, he might want uh he might want two holding players in there tonight. You know, where he's had one holding and two further forward. He might want he might want James McCarthy. He could put Bitten on there mm-hmm. uh, beside McGregor. Mm-hmm. Um I think it depends how much he respects Alkmaar. Uh, he'll have had a good look at them. Um but if he thinks they're they're dangerous and you know, he wants to give that I, I wouldn't say makeshift central defensive pairing protection but if he wants to give a bit more protection there he could he could have James McCarthy in if he's ready or he could bring Bitton in as well Well he is talking about Azad They'd be a good challenge they're a good side um, good young side so they're going to bring plenty of energy uh, plenty plenty of mobility um, you know so it'll be a good 
good challenge for us. Uh, you know, the, the, they've had a, a recent um, strong history in in the in the Dutch league and produced some very very good footballers, and um, they've got some very very good ones, young ones in their in their team now. So good challenge for us, but again, you know, it's it's still more about us and how we play and how we perform. Um, you know, I keep reiterating the same thing to the players: is you know, it's it's about our performance. If we keep improving our performance as we have been. Even in you know little bits, uh, little areas, then again we give ourselves a chance for success. There is, of course, the comfort, uh, the safety net uh, for Celtic and Rangers of the European Conference, Europa Conference League group stages, were they to fail in this playoff round for the for the Europa. But neither is going to be interested in that, and and for both of them, it would feel like a massive slide, wouldn't it? Having started off in the Champions yeah. League qualifiers, they don't want that to happen. You know, I I, I think. Listen, they would take it and they would go and play their games. But I think for the prestige of the clubs to go from Champions League, Europa League, Conference League would be a, a bit of a slap in the face. And let's be honest, if you're the, the owners and the chairman or, or, or the managing directors of both clubs, you'd be thinking, listen, we've invested heavily in this club. You know, there's a lot of you know players in there with good wages. How can this be happening? So, you know, that's us thinking ahead. Let's hope it doesn't happen, Rob. But, you know, just touching on Davy's point about that protection... Celtic played with incredible intensity on Sunday. They really did. They went after hearts and they kept at it. But you can't keep that up for 90 minutes. There are going to be times you're going to have to come off the game and sit and be compact. And you may have to play a counter-attack at home, pick and choose your moments. Maybe domestically, they can keep the intensity up and they can get away with it because the opposition can't make passes. I mean, hearts could hardly make two passes in their own half. You know, they're making one pass, give away, Celtic punished. They smothered them, they were on top of them, they didn't let them breathe. I just think when you come up against good European sides or sides who are renowned for playing good football, and AZR, they will be able to break that press. So if the four or five go and press and, 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 and Alkmaar break the press, what's going to happen? And he said, and you know, Anne said there, we want to get better all the time. It's about what we do. But that doesn't just mean that's what we do with the ball. That means what we do without the ball also. So I think we'll see a little bit more tonight what Celtic are like without the ball. Because I would imagine that it'll be more of a 50-50 split as opposed to what it was at one stage on Sunday it was 83-17 <laughs> you know maybe yeah. 20 minutes into the game but it'll be a better balanced game so I think everybody will get a better view of Celtic tonight defensively I think it's going to be revealing Davy in all sorts of ways isn't it against really good decent yeah. opposition tonight yeah and I and I mean looking back to the, the weekend's game Robbie Nielsen must have been pinch, pinching himself he got out of town with a 3-2 unbelievable I mean it could have been 10-2 <laughs> It could yeah. have been any number at yeah. all. It was so one-sided in the first half. But I think uh, Ange Postacoglu will be grateful that he's got this game tonight ahead of the Old Firm game. Um, and I've no doubt he knows the importance of the first Old Firm game of the season. He'll be glad he's got this one tonight because this, this is a step up from, you know, battering hearts. 3-2, but battering them. Mm. Um, this is a much better test for him tonight. He'll learn much more tonight. Here he is on the progress so far. What 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 I look for is you know improvement, buy-in from the players, belief in in what we're doing. Those are the kind of things that are important because wherever I've worked, they're the key cornerstones of us building a successful side. And you know I'm seeing evidence of that for sure, 100. Not just me. I think everyone is that you know the players are buying into it, they're believing in it, um, they're getting rewarded for it. We've still got so much to to build into that in terms of to make it a strong foundation. And I've got no doubt we've got some some challenges ahead of us and and how we overcome those challenges belief is tested in the most toughest of times not necessarily when things are going well there's all those things that you know I've been through this process a number of times that I'm pleased with where we're at I'm not surprised by where we're at and I'm not disappointed we're not further ahead because where we're at is where we're at 
you you get a lot of belief, I would imagine, as a, as a Celtic fan from listening to what he has to say. He, he's very experienced, Davey. I mean, despite the fact that it was Ange who, when he was first yeah. touted, touted for the job, he's been there before. He's been in lots of other jobs where he's had to turn things around. Uh, this never scared him by the sounds of it. Uh, and he's getting somewhere. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he arrived here as a time-served operator. I mean, I, I think at times we get a little bit carried away here. We, we think we're the centre of the football universe. Well, I mean, we're anything, but this guy's taken Australia to a World Cup, won the J-League, um, has a really good reputation. What I think he's trying to do is keep people's feet on the ground at the moment, and I can understand that because he will know the weaknesses in his side. Um, certainly that back line is not what it should be. And that is not Postacoglu's fault. That is just a lack of forward planning from the people who run the club over a period of time. Um, and he's still got his work cut out, Rob. The, the mood, we've seen how the mood has changed with the Celtic fans in the last few weeks. They've gone from despondency to real optimism. It can it can flip again very mm. quickly. You know, we're Celtic to lose the first Old Firm game or lose to Altmar. Um, he would find himself under pressure again. That's just the nature of the beast here in Glasgow. Rob, yeah. I, I, sorry, I just, I'll, I'll tell you another thing. They can't be doing much training because their game's Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, mm. Thursday. So it's about recovery, it's about analysis, about getting players and keeping them fresh. You can't play with that intensity in the tempo they play with and then go training two days later and absolutely hammer the players in. So that tells me he's a good communicator. He knows what he wants to get across to his players, whether he's doing it through analysis, whether he's doing it on the tactics board, or whether he's doing it walking and talking on the pitch. But whatever he's doing, the players are taking on board and they're probably having to learn on it during the game as opposed to getting four or five four or five days lead in from a training session where you can do it and you can plan it and you can play 11 v 11, you can take players in, you can shift players about. He must be setting them up and walking and talking low-key and, and, and the players are taking the information on board. So that's an aspect which is vitally important. When you want to manage a big club or manage a successful club, the training time you have is limited. And the training time or the limited training time he's having, he's working it really, really well because it's having an effect on the pitch and they're just getting better. We've had Gary on the show earlier on talking Rangers with Simon talking Celtic if you want to join the football conversation on Wednesday's Go Radio football show with Rob McLean, Davey Proven and Stephen Cragen 0808 17 17 700 um, We've spoken quite a bit about the change of perception which is pretty obvious um, over the last uh, two or three weeks the, the shift in what is perceived to be the balance of power in Scottish football do you, David, do you, if, if Celtic, and this is a big if, I suppose, if Celtic can get themselves defensively sorted, and I, and I think most people would see them as needing to do that, can they be serious title contenders? Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. From midfield forward, um, I, I think they're looking really good. So is that, is that a seismic change for you in your thinking uh, yeah, about how, yeah. this, I mean, how this season pans out? A month ago, I didn't give Celtic any chance at all, Rob. Um, for me, it all comes down to the the, the two centre-backs, getting another couple of centre-backs in. Um, Starfield looks to me like a mistake. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but on the other side of town, I would also say that I think Steven Gerrard, I don't think he'll get this season what he got last season. Last season was momentous for, for Rangers. Uh, they knew what was at stake, stopping Celtic getting the 10 and, and he squeezed every drop from them last season. I think you'll find it very difficult to get the same again. OK, here is the Celtic team, um, which will line up tonight. Um, I'll just read the players firstly, and then we'll put them in formation. Uh, Hart, Taylor, Starfeld, Furuhashi, Abada is playing, Turnbull, Rogic, McGregor, Forrest, Ralston and Welsh. So, Odson Edward. No, Odson Edward. 
in the team. Um, is he on the bench? Nope. He, oh yeah, he is on. He is on the bench. James McCarthy's on the bench uh, as well. Adam Montgomery, Ismail Asoro is on the bench. Beaton um, is on the bench as well. David, your immediate reaction to that? A little bit surprised, you know. Forrest and Anabada both both playing. Um, Furuhashi through in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't convinced about Furuhashi off the left hand mm-hmm. side at the weekend. Um, he, he did his best. He was busy as usual, but I, I think you, you want him playing within the width of the the eighteen yard box if you can. So that's just one change then to yeah, to the, the team that started against Hearts at the weekend. The the change Davey's just been uh, talking about, and and the midfield is the same. And we we did wonder whether he would go for uh, more caution uh, and care about the midfield, more protection. Uh, for the for the back line but it looks to be uh, I mean he talks all the time about it he talks about blasting out of the blocks doesn't he and and uh, going for it and and any what was it he said we'll maybe f- play the clip again any minute of the 90 that you're not firing on all cylinders is a minute wasted yeah and what it will mean is that David Turnbull and Tom Rogic will have to run back the way a little bit more tonight you know in domestic Scottish football they can attack and they lose possession they can probably press within four or five yards and then they can have a recovery if they don't win the ball because they know that the Scottish teams may give it away and they get it back quite quickly whereas in European football you think no no I might have to run back 30 yards I may have to make a tackle I may have to keep the ball simple and then I might have to get forward a bit quicker again so that is the dynamic that they will have to change in their game you know when you look at the fluidity of the front three with those two in behind Turnbull and Rogic on Sunday it is slightly surprising that uh, you know he's made that one change. However, prior to that, the couple of games before that, who was the best player? Furuhashi. Where was he playing? Centre forward. Mm. So that's where I think you'll get the best out of him. His little dynamic runs in behind and it will free up the two wide players. So um, he's always got that choice, Rob. You know, Hudson Edward is a substitute. There's not many managers of no. that kind of quality to come off the bench. So he still has that. So there you have it. Breaking news uh, on the Go Radio Football Show. Uh, first with the team news as ever. Uh, Joe Hart and Goals, uh, Tony Ralston, Stephen Welsh, Carl Starfelt, Greg Taylor is the back four. Callum McGregor, Tom Rogic and David Turnbull in the midfield. Uh, Forrest and Abada either side of Furuhashi is that a slap in the face to Odson Edouard? Yeah, Davey? I think it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a slap in the face. I mean, this is a an important European tie, and what Postecoglou is saying to Odson Edward, I, I, I think Furuhashi is a better bet than you tonight. And he couldn't remember. He could have gone with two strikers. He could have gone with Edward and Furuhashi, mm-hmm. and he's bombed Edward. Yeah. So, you know, if, if if I'm Edward, I'm. I mean, you would hope that he's unhappy at being left out. Well, this is this is a glamour game tonight, isn't it? This is Azed Alkmaar from the Netherlands. This is one hurdle away from the, the group stages of the Europa League. Um, I wonder what impact this is going to have, Crags, on any potential negotiations with, with Odson Edouard. Are they going to, you know, maybe this points them to, towards the exit door if there was any thought about him staying? I think, first of all, it's a big call. It's a brave call. But even in the short space of time that Ange Postacoglu has been in charge, he's earned the right to make that call because of how his team have been playing, how well they played when Odds, uh, when Odson Edward wasn't inside. Yes, he came in done well one game, but he, I think the manager will be taken into context over four or five games and not just the one. I don't think it'll be anything to do with training. You know, Sunday, yes, had a part in it, but he quite likes Abada. He's brought him in. He's brought him through the hash. They're the two players that he wants to hang his hat on to go and show what they can do. So I would know for a fact, or you would think for a fact, that Odds and Edward will be hugely disappointed 
However, he's got to realise that he's into the last year of his contract. He you know, hasn't signed a new contract, whether it's not been offered or not. There's a good chance he will move on. However, he's got to be professional in his approach. If he gets a chance to come on the pitch tonight and his team need him, he is a Celtic-paid employee. There's no you know, reason for us to think that wouldn't happen. But sometimes players, when they get a little bit unhappy they're not playing, their performance level isn't the same. But he may still have a big part to play, not just tonight, Rob, but over the two legs, mm-hmm. you know, to bring him on. So let's hope, you know, yes, he's disappointed, but he can, you know, can come on tonight and, and, and prove the difference. Surprise, Davey? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised, yeah. Yeah, I thought it would have been Furuhashi off the left again. Just uh, kept the same team? Yeah, I, 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 I thought as, it would have been the same again. Yeah. I wasn't concentrating when you read out the subs, Rob, is, is Lee Griffiths on that bench, do you know? Um, no. I, I didn't see uh, I didn't see Lee Griffith's name I, I, I'm, I'm sure he's not on the if bench you, if you're Postacoglu you're desperately trying to get him up to speed Yeah, you know that would be like a new player if and it's a huge if if they can get Lee Griffith's yeah. head and his body right again no but, it's not it's uh, Ayeti yeah. is, is, is the lone centre forward yeah. Griffith's not on the bench sorry as if well I, as Edward yeah. in fact that, that's something we will we will talk about before we finish tonight um, because we, we did touch on it last night on the show as well but it'd be interested to know what you think Davey whether Lee Griffiths actually fits in to the mm. type of football that Ange Postecoglou wants to play we'll come to that but we've given you the news that Odson Edouard dropped by Celtic uh, for tonight's game against Alkmaar The Go Radio Football Show talking football first listen live weeknights from five Well we brought the news first I would imagine that uh, Odson Edouard dropped by Celtic tonight 20 minutes away from kick-off it is Celtic against Alkmaar in the playoff round the final qualifying hurdle that uh, hopefully uh, for both Rangers and Celtic leads to the Europa League Rangers play tomorrow night against Alashkert 8 o'clock at Ibrox and uh, wishing all the best to Aberdeen and St Johnston as well Aberdeen are in Baku they kick off at 5 against Karabag it's the conference league for these two of course St Johnston having uh, done so well against Galatasaray but dropped down a level and they're in Austria tomorrow 6 o'clock kick off for them against Lask and uh, let's see what they can do and uh, let's hope uh, there's a lot of European football to come for Scottish teams between now and Christmas. First up Celtic though and that news we brought you was Joe Hart and goals, it's Tony Ralston at right back um, as Celtic it seems a home in on another right back at the moment Josip Juranovic, the Croatian international seemingly could be on his way from Legia Warsaw one of a few signings that uh, Ange Postecoglou is chasing at the moment. So Ralston right back, Stephen Welsh, Carl Starf- Starfelt even and Greg Taylor, Callum McGregor uh, David Turnbull and Tom Rogic in midfield and I think Davey would it be Abada on the right and Forrest on the left is that what tends to happen when those two are, are in the team coming in off the sides could, with uh, Furuhashi in the middle could, could be either or Rob I think, yeah. I think your final switch you know during the game um, which is I think if you're a right foot For, Forrest I think prefers to play on the right because he's quick enough to get down the outside and get a cross in if, if you don't have that pace I think you probably prefer playing in the, the opposite side of your strongest foot if I'm making any sense here you are actually yeah. you know if Forrest has no pace he would prefer to play in, play in the left, left and he can come inside and open the pitch up for himself mm. but if you're as quick as Forrest I think you want to play in the right 
because he's going to skin fullbacks on the outside. Can we find ways of explaining why Odson Edouard isn't playing tonight other than the fact he's just been dropped? Will Ange Postecoglou find a way of explaining that it's all about the opposition, it's all about Alkmaar, the way they are set up defensively, the type of players they have mm. in defence, that actually playing those three makes more sense than having Odson Edouard on the pitch from the start? Well, that three had success, you know, and, and, and they've been successful. Uh, with Ange, he's enjoyed watching them play, and so... You know, as much as he's been dropped, you know, he's been left out of the side because Abada had done well. Listen, we like a headline here. No, we do. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, Abada had done well. He's one of the manager signings. Furuhashi is one of the manager signings. So when you speak to players, you bring them in, you tell them what you're going to get from them, you know, where they're going to play, where you want them to play. I think if you ask the Celtic fans, you know, who would you want playing as your centre-forward? Who over the past month has impressed you most as your centre-forward? I would imagine they would all say Furuhashi. Mm. so that's what the, the manager won't be thinking that when you what are the Celtic fans thinking he'll yeah. be thinking what's best for the team yeah. but there's no doubt the dynamism and the work rate and the energy you know not just with the ball but you know, without the ball how he closes down he starts to press all over the pitch um, so that's why he's well with it because I think Furuhashi this season has been Celtic's best option as a centre forward uh, and if he's your best option and you think he's been your most impressive player why then play him out of position well, you might not get the same from him. So play him in the strongest position. It's more evidence as well about how things have changed in the last few weeks because had you said, had you thought, Davy, three weeks ago of a Celtic against Alkmaar and going in without Edouard if he was available, yeah. which he is, you would have thought, well, that's crazy. But actually, that looks a really exciting strike trio. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it just confirms the impact that Furuhashi has had in such a short space of time. I mean, the, the scenario you're describing there, if, if somebody had said, you know, that Celtic are going to a big European game um, with no Lee Griffiths, um, no Ayeti, and no Edward, you wouldn't pick Edward. I mean, it's, it's yeah. almost unthinkable. And it, for me, the, I'm, I'm sad to see it because I, I, I think Edward, I, I don't think it's just his value that's depreciating at the moment. I just think he is a player is depreciating yeah. and I, I, it's a horrible sight because we all know how good this guy is Yeah, you know he, he's proved it but whether it's his head or his body I have no idea but he's half the player he was and it's not great it's not good for either him or the club no. for, the, for the club it's a, a declining asset and for him well he should by now be playing for a top six team in England well you talk about the declining asset I mean Neil Lennon has spoken a few times since he left the club uh, that reading between the lines Odson Edward could have left last not summer here summer before when he had two years left in his contract and I think the decision was made that we'll keep him for the extra year we'll win 10 in a row and we'll sell him for 15-16 million pounds in hindsight looking back Celtic would probably have sold him then because then the player becomes a little bit frustrated because he sees the opportunity of potentially moving on by all accounts of his bids turned down how much we don't know but at 23 years of age, he still has the opportunity to get back to being what we all know he can be. It would look now like it's not going to be at Celtic. It looks like it's going to be somewhere else. So yes, he may have to ride out this year. He may not be content of playing second fiddle to, to Furuhashi. That's what he may have to do. But he's then got to think of himself, You know, where's he going to move to? If he doesn't impress when he comes off the bench, then clubs will look and think, well, maybe that's not the kind of character we want. So he's got to be careful how he plays this over the next six months if he stays till Christmas or if he doesn't and he stays for the full year. But certainly we all know he is a top-class player and he will be again 
just looks now like unfortunately it won't be when he's at Celtic Davey back to that question that I nearly asked you uh, before <laughs> the break uh, around about 20 past Lee Griffiths um, do you think he, does he fit in to this style of football that, that, yeah. that Ange wants to play uh, absolutely he fits in if, if he can get himself fit and it's a huge if I mean but Lee Griffiths only 30 Rob mm-hmm. um, and even if Okay, he turned up, he was an absolute disgrace last summer, turned up overweight and not available for, for selection. Losing weights is, is not difficult for, for professional athletes. Getting Lee Griffiths fit shouldn't be difficult for Celtic. And if they can get his head right and, and, and get him motivated again, um, Lee Griffiths, for, for me, and I know a lot of the Celtic fans have written him off uh, and just decided he's not worth the trouble. But, you know, given that, given that Celtic are short of strikers at the moment, um, if I'm Postacoglu, I'm I'm breaking my neck to get Lee Griffiths back to where he should be. And I think he could be the man as well. I mean, he, he's spoken before about that about that being one of his strengths, yeah. Ange Postacoglu, sometimes yeah. rebuilding, not yeah. just clubs, but individual players as well. Well, if you look at the impact he's had on Ryan Christie, um, and I, I would certainly hope he can do the same for Lee Griffiths. I mean, if Lee Griffiths goes out of the game now, um, and I, I don't mean out of the game, but, but, you know, gets a transfer to a lesser club and ends up, you know, wasting what's left of his career. It would be tragic in, in, in terms of the ability he's got. Um, Furuhashi actually reminds me of Lee Griffiths at his very best. You know, the movement, the quickness. Um, I mean, Lee, Lee Griffiths is a complete conundrum and only he can get himself back to, to, to where he should be. And, you know, and hopefully he, he's getting the right advice from the right people. We spoke about this last choice. night, Craig. His fourth choice at the minute, yeah. isn't he? And you're saying getting them fit. How is he going to get, because we all know, fitness, being fit gotta play, and yeah. being match fit. And you think, where's he going to put him in? Where's he going to fit him in? Because you've got Ayeti who's been there. And the one thing I said last night, the one thing Lee Griffiths couldn't afford to do over the summer, Davy, was miss pre-season. And when Selig were back training before Ange came in, before he'd come up, he had missed a week, 10 days. Then he got himself back into training. Then there was off the field issues that kicked in for another 10 days. So suddenly you're missing mm. 20, game, or, sorry, 20 days of pre-season, missing three or four pre-season games. And I always think... You know, you know yourself you're always chasing you're always trying to catch up you're playing catch up with everybody else and what it, you know the manager should be saying or will be saying to Lee Griffiths can you do what Furuhashi's doing because that's what I want my centre yeah, forward to do yeah. that's what I want my centre forward to do with the ball without the ball can you do that and I think if the answer is no then he says well I can't put you in at the minute you're going to have to keep training you're going to have to work I'm going to have to you're going to have to catch my eye in training so I can put you on but he's got a Yeti ahead of him he's got Edward ahead of him he's got Furuhashi ahead of him so it looks like it's going to be a long way back. I'm interested in where you're coming from, David. You you still believe uh, in in Lee Griffiths, um, and that maybe is swimming against the tide to a large extent in terms yeah. of popular opinion at the moment. Rob, I, I might be completely wrong here, and for all I know, Lee Griffiths um, is not determined to to prove people wrong, as he so often says. Maybe Lee Griffiths is is freewheeling now. Maybe he's given given up the ghost in terms of getting back in the team and getting back to what he was. But I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's still got it inside him to, you know, at 30 years of age, um, I mean, it's all, it's still there for him. Yeah. You know, this is a club where I, he's a better finisher, he's a better player than a Yeti. Edouard yeah. is going to leave the club. Um, if, I, if I'm Griffiths, I'm saying, oh, there's going to be an opening here. If I get myself fit and... And you know, and and get a bit of football, get some game time. I I can do this again. But we've been having this conversation for know, a long time, haven't we? I know exactly. And there's only one man who 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 can prove that he's still got it. I mean, he's like the boxer, isn't he? He's like the boxer who 
is written off. It's the, it's the, the Rocky story, mm-hmm. really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Can Lee Griffiths get back to 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 what he should be? You know, only, only Lee Griffiths can answer that. Here's another question. What about the future of Nikola Katic at Rangers? Steven Gerrard was asked that very question uh, today. He's had big injury problems, of course. He's fit again. Um, is he going to be a Rangers player moving on? We, we've had conversations with Nico uh, in the last few days. He played a, a B-team game. He managed to play around 70 minutes and come through that, which is positive news. Uh, we're having discussions with Nico now to find the best solution for him in the coming months. He needs to play football. Uh, I can't guarantee him them games at the moment, so we're trying to find the right solution for the boy in, in, in the short term. But in terms of people putting two and two together and writing his future off uh, at Ibrox and saying that he's not in the plans or he's going to be sold, uh, I think that's wider the mark. There was a time, Craigs, wasn't there, when he was the man? He was uh, alongside Conor Goldson. That was the defensive partnership. And it, and it looked like it, it could last as well. Exactly, but... You know, you look at someone's career sometimes and you think his injury came at the wrong time. When Rangers suddenly became really strong at the back last year, they won the title, they got lots of plaudits for the for the number of goals they conceded, very, very few. And then the manager starts to trust other people and starts to look at other people. Liam Balogun came in, done okay. They then went and bought Philip Hollander. They brought in Jack Simpson. So when you look at George Edmondson, he gone. He wasn't going to get himself into that four. He was going to break into that four. And Nikola Katic is playing, he's playing catch-up because these guys are ahead just now and you know he's still trying to find his feet. So the only way, probably similar to Lee Griffiths, the only way that you can catch up and you can you know progress your career and show people what you can do is by playing games. But if the manager can't get you into the team and he can't get you playing as many games as you want, you're never going to see the full potential of Nikola Kattic. So I, think he's why, only, I think he's only 24, isn't he? Yeah, so yeah. I, I think he's probably got minimum two years left, possibly three years left in his contract. Uh, certainly two or three. So put him in loan for six months, get him to Christmas, See how your back line's going, see how he's playing. If he isn't doing as well as what you think, keep him to the, out and loan till the summer and then bring him back next summer and let him have a free hit at it. So, um, yeah, he needs to play. At 24 years of age, after a year out, you can't afford to sit in the stands for another six months and not play. Suddenly that's 18 months you've missed and then you're playing three, four games. So it's a tough one for him, but certainly the best is to go and play games somewhere else. Here's another question. Will it be Borna Barisic at left-back? tomorrow night at Ibrox against Alishkert or will it be Calvin Bassey who started at the weekend or started on Friday night I should say against Dunfermline in that 5-0 win in the League Cup I'm not one to give teams out 24 hours before a big game um, but what I can confirm is Calvin's in a fantastic place he can't do any more he's trained never so well confidence is high up and I don't think you know he'd done much wrong the other night I thought his performance was really strong in and out of possession he has since that game given me something to think about but I'll confirm my team tomorrow night um, but I'm really happy with both my young fullbacks to doing everything I'm asking of them so Calvin Bassey starting then tomorrow night at Ibrox like by the centre yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely I mean he's got cover all over the, 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 the pitch Stephen Gerrard I've got to say I mean I'm astonished he's looking at another midfield player mm. I mean it's got seven or eight to, to, to choose from yeah. I mean that's seven or eight people taking what 15 grand a week out of the club yeah, it's a lot. I, I don't get the numbers at Ibrox just now. I really don't. Is that? Do, but do you think that might be because Glenn Kamara's on the way out? It, it would have to be. Yeah. I mean, and it, if Rangers are no different from any other club. Any business comes down to money in, money out, and Rangers can't keep operating the way they have been. Um, they're going to have to start selling players. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a bit like um, that conversation we were having about um, Celtic going into a big European game without Odson Edouard 
that that would have, if he was available, that would have seemed unthinkable mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. It's happening um, tonight, and maybe the same goes for Bonabanasic, yeah. whose numbers are so good in European football in terms of you know goals here and there, but lots of assists re- against real quality opposition. He has performed against some of the best in the last yes. few years, and it seems as if he's going to not be involved tomorrow, at least not from the start well, tomorrow night. Just trying to read between the lines of what Steven Gerrard said. He said there he can't do any more. So if he can't do any more and you don't play him, yeah. what else do you tell him? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because what you're doing isn't good enough. Well, and well, you're giving me everything. You know, that's the best you can be. So I'm uh, just trying to read between the lines. That would make you think that Calvin Bass is going to play. And then the challenge is on. And listen, that's what you get when you play at a big club and there's lots of players for selection. You can't always just be a guaranteed start. If your form dips slightly and somebody comes and takes your place, the challenge is then on you to come and go and show what you can do. I think Borna Parasic's got three years left in his contract. 2024, he's three years left. So he can't go in the sulk and, and put it to side. You've got to say, no, do you know what? I'm going to knuckle down. I'm going to get back in the team. And that's when you have competition for places. That's what you have to do. And Calvin Bass has played second fiddle for a long time. He's watched Borna Parasic, what he does in the game. And he's thinking, uh, Bassi, if I want to play, I've got to do that. On, on Friday night against Infirmman, he done that. His final ball was terrific. It really, really was as as good as it's probably ever been. Yeah, because I watched him. I, I watched the game against Livingston when he when he started on the on the opening weekend in the Premiership, and he was getting up and down tremendously well. Yeah. But, but his delivery was hopeless. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly was roles reversed on Friday night. Yeah. You know, then where does he go from here? If he doesn't play on Friday night, where does he go from here? That would be the question you would have to ask. So it seems like Calvin Bassey starts then for Rangers tomorrow night against Alish Kert. That's at Ibrox, 8 o'clock, uh, much closer at hand. In fact, uh, a matter of minutes uh, away from, uh, well, <laughs> a matter of minutes away from 6.45. At 7.45, <laughs> Celtic will start tonight um, against Alkmaar in the qualifiers that lead, of course, to the Europa League group stages. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Yeah, an hour away from kickoff. I got it sorted now uh, at Celtic Park. Celtic against Alkmaar, um, having dropped out of the Champions League qualifiers. Ange Postecoglou, hope against team, uh, can surmount the final hurdle that reads to the group stages of the Europa League, and uh, that would involve you would imagine getting a, a good result tonight in the home leg. He's spoken already on the show about the importance of Celtic Park home games in Europe uh, and getting the right sort of results are they going to go from it right from the start? We're going to bring 60,000 into the ground they want to see us you know, going for it from the first minute You know, there's no point taking 10 minutes to get into it or after 10 minutes trying to take the foot off the pedal that's that's just I just don't think that's what football's about we have 90 minutes 95 minutes to to do as many things as we possibly can we don't want to waste the moment of it you know I think with that kind of energy and that kind of uh, intensity and commitment to something um, it makes you a formidable opponent he's definitely got a future as a motivational speaker hasn't he yeah. uh, he really does fire you up he really does get you going um, and uh, they're, they're going to be on instructions tonight <laughs> David to just go for it right from yeah. the right from the start the, the, the crowd will certainly help Celtic I mean uh, the, the one thing that I found from personal experience playing in Europe you could you could beat Motherwell or St Mirren or Hearts 3-4-0 on the Saturday, have all of the ball. You go in in midweek and you're up against Ajax, Real Madrid, Juventus. You won't see the ball for 15 minutes at times. And and that's the difference. It's what Craig's was saying. What you know, what they do off the ball tonight is, is so important because they had so much of the ball against Hearts. 
it was almost like a training session. Tonight there will be spells where they don't see the ball for, for some, some period of time. One of the problems, of course, at this stage of the season is knowing about the opposition, isn't it? For, yeah. From our point of view, from actually getting a, an accurate view, a perception of, of how difficult this is for Celtic. Altamar, third last season, um, but lots of changes since then. The, 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 as with a lot of Dutch clubs, they're, they're a selling club. They, you know, they develop lots of, lots of players and, and, and move them on. So uh, difficult to know um, how this is going to be tonight. There, there will be a reason, for instance, that Al- Alkmaar uh, are in the Europa League qualifiers rather than any better. Well, I think they played one league game and they lost at the weekend by a single goal to nil. So, as much as we always talk about that, uh, you know, Scottish clubs are always chasing fitness-wise and match fitness because they haven't played as many games as the opposition, especially if they draw a Scandinavian team, for example. Celtic will have played more games than what Alkmaar have. So, you think Celtic should be slightly ahead fitness-wise uh, and then the speed of which the team has came together and the system and the setup and the dynamism, everything just seems to have clicked. So yes, they will want to go after Alkmaar and they'll want to chase them down. They want to try and get an early goal. want to try and keep that momentum of the supporters going with them. But there will have to come a time when you step off the game. And that's then when you'll be judged about how you'll defend. Keeping your gaps closed, making sure you're, you know, you're compact, you're hard to play against. Because it can't all be open attacking and open attacking. And yes, in Scotland they can, we keep saying that. But Davy's right, when you come up against, and listen, AZ Alkmaar aren't Real Madrid or Barcelona, no doubt about it. But they will be a good technical side you know when you look at the average age of their team 23, 24, 25 years of age that's a young team who are probably playing at Alkmaar thinking we can get a move you know the Dutch league is a league that sells players all around the world you know and they come and take their best young players so these young players will be ready to go and show what they can do ultimately you know the crowd will be massive for Celtic because you want to try and intimidate the opponents and you imagine they could intimidate Alkmaar slightly but still when it comes down you know the handle and the ball they'll be able to look after it okay we hate a cliche on this show, Davey, um, but Tom Rogic is almost like a new signing, isn't he? Um, because it seemed at one point as if, he's, as if he was off to the Middle East, maybe into yeah. semi-retirement on a, a rather handsome salary. Um, suddenly, he's back in the firing line alongside a manager who knows him so well. Well, it, it's, it's all down to the new manager, isn't it? Because Tom Rogic, um, I think Tom Rogic has let himself down over the last few years. I mean, this is a guy who... Terrific player, Rolls Royce of a player, if I can use that expression mm. uh, uh, again. Yeah, I'm just clicking, and, I'm clicking and, the cliches. And, and seriously, who, who seemed, I'm not saying he was happy to be out of the team, but he didn't seem to be knocking the manager's no. door down or demanding a move. I don't know whether it's a lack of ambition, not sure. But that light has been off and Postacoglu has turned it on all of a sudden. And, and hopefully Tom Rogic can go and justify the ability he has because up until now I think he's underachieved mm. big time. You can get it horribly wrong, can't you, at times by judging players from just what you see on the pitch and trying to assess what type of individuals they are. But but he seems a laid-back sort yeah, of guy, does. doesn't he? Uh, and maybe it's taken someone like Ange Postacoglu to fire him up again. Because as Davey says, his quality is in no doubt. And and you, you would say, based on what he's done, he had that reputation for so long about being a, a big match player, a match winner in cup finals and all, all the rest of it. He probably hasn't done enough based on what he's yeah. got, Craigs? I think Davies nailed it. You know, he's under underachieved for the ability and the talent that he has. We're over, we're very big over here about people's body language and unless you're running about the pitch smashing into people and jumping for headers and kicking people up in the air, then we think they don't care. Yeah. That's not our mentality. We need energy. We need fight. We need... Whereas he's such a cultured player. He's got a wonderful left foot. He, you know, the glides with the ball he drifts past players he's looking for that 
defensive split and pass all the time. He's wanting to hurt the opposition at every opportunity. And that's a different talent and a different way of working than running around charging about, shouting and screaming and bumping into people. You know, he's just got that aura about him, I think, when he's in possession. People almost stand off because they think, he's going to hurt us. He's got something in his locker that can hurt people. Yes, he has to add that little bit when he loses the ball, he's going to have to run back. And we'll see it tonight. He will have to run back. David Turnbull's the same. David will have to run back a little bit more. A bit more unnatural to them, Rob. Mm. But they will be asked different questions tonight and they will have to come up with the answers. But there just seems to... Yeah, you know, you get a manager sometimes who trusts in you, believes in you, knows the wavelength they're on, brings the best out in you for one reason or another. And up until now, it seems Duran's Postacoglu is pushing the right buttons. That's an exciting midfield three, isn't it? I mean, we've spoken already about the front three um, exhilarating at times the way the way they've been combining the way they've been playing uh, you look at Callum McGregor and we know the player the polished player he is we've just spoken about Tom Rogic David Turnbull outstanding last season in a yeah. struggling Celtic team you wonder what he can achieve if Celtic are actually on an upward graph yeah I mean he got a bit of stick um, earlier this season and the season's only just begun but I think it's because he, he set the bar for himself really high and then when he, he was off it slightly, Celtic fans were saying, you know, what's going on here? This this boy should be doing better. Um, it's all in front of, of David Turnbull. And, you know, I, I think I think he could play in various midfield positions. Rogic is the same, Rob. Mm. He could sit beside Callum McGregor tonight and keep the game in front of him. Mm. And I think Turnbull could play that role as well. Probably happier playing behind the, 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 the striker, you know, where he can get shots off. But so much going for him in, in terms of where he's going to end up as a player I mean he's going to have a long Scotland career hopefully he'll have a long Celtic career as well What are you thinking about Aberdeen and St Johnston uh, tomorrow night their chances? I, I think the last place Aberdeen want to be going is Carabag isn't it? Mm. You know these temperatures long journey it's, it's not a good draw and it's, it's it's a tricky draw as well because they'll be a good side And is there a danger of St Johnston um think they've done it already because, because they did so I mean I know they lost to Galatasaray ultimately but they got lots of plaudits didn't they yeah. for, for getting that draw in Turkey they, they have to lift it again don't they yeah, I, th- I think this is there's an element of after the Lord's Mayor Lord Mayor show yeah. with St Johnson and they're going against a, a decent Lask side um, don't really fancy St Johnson if, if I'm, I'm being honest I think Galatasaray was a big one for them Aberdeen have uh, got to clamber back. We both saw that game at Starks Park. We were both working on it um, on Sunday, Crags, and uh, that would be a big blow, wouldn't it? Aberdeen need to very quickly dry their eyes on the back of going out of a cup competition in which they might have had hopes of, of going all the way. Well, he rested seven of his first choice players, so they'll be fresh and ready to go. So there's no worries about the fitness levels and the, and the freshness of that team. You just hope that defeat will have hurt the players enough that it will just give a little bit of extra determination. It will just ignite them a little bit to think, you know, we have to go here and put on a performance. I said it last night, the two clubs want to arrive, Davy, back in Scotland tomorrow night or the early hours of Friday morning, still in with the shout in the second leg. Phil Petaudry, Phil McDermott Park and take it from there. But it's interesting, you know, Davy's comment about St. Johnson, you know, it's just a step. We've said that for the last year. It's a step too far. Surely they can't win the cup. Surely they can't win it again. Surely they can't go to Turkey and get a result. And they've just pushed and pushed the boundaries. At what stage do you think this team has to relent a little bit? But certainly Callum Davidson will be asking the questions and driving them on. And you've got to say for long spells last season and this season, they've always answered them. Do you think we'll see Rangers back to something like their best tomorrow night, Davey? They, well, they'll need to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Stephen Gerrard will be hoping he can win this tie tomorrow night. You know, I think he can. He will, he'll be hoping they can win it with enough to spare that he can pick 
aside for the second leg that he might be able to rest one or two. I, th I think that's what he'll be thinking. Kill this tie tomorrow night. Craigs? Yeah, you, you know, can you you know get a confidence building result? Can you get some goals into your strikers? Can you get a clean sheet? Kick on the Ross uh, Rush County. Can they back it up with a result and a performance at Ross County with a clean sheet? Suddenly you have three clean sheets in a week as opposed to having three defeats the previous week. Or the previous seven days, you have three, three wins out of three. You have three clean sheets. You're going to the Irish Court. You've got the old firm game. Suddenly it starts to turn a little bit for Rangers. They've got to take their focus off Celtic and what they're doing. They've got to focus on what they're doing uh, themselves and it's about winning tomorrow night. Celtic tonight, Craigs, your closing yeah, thoughts? I think a win. They have to simply win the game. You know, win the game, get another good 90 minutes in, get a good feel of what Alkmaar are like, where they're weak, where they're strong, but certainly leave to, uh, tonight. Keep the momentum going, keep it building. It's going nice for them at the minute, so any kind of win. We told you about three quarters of an hour ago that uh, Olsen Edouard was not in the starting lineup uh, for Celtic tonight. Kyogo Furuhashi is the central striker with Abada on one side and Forrest on the other. What sort of scoreline, Davey, are you expecting? I, I think... Any win at all is a good result for Celtic, you know, to take an advantage into the second leg. I, I don't know how good Altmar are, Rob, because they've sold two or three of the best players in the summer. But it'll be a step up in class in terms of what Celtic have been beating domestically. So any win at all tonight is a good result. Joe Hart in goals, uh, Tony Ralston at right back, Stephen Welsh, Carl Starfelt and Greg Taylor, uh, Callum McGregor in the midfield alongside uh, David Turnbull and Tom Rogic. Uh, Kyogo Furuhashi leads the attack uh, with Abada on one side and James Forrest on the other. Uh, so no Ryan Christie, he's not ready, he should be back for the weekend. Uh, Ange Postacoglu told us yesterday Odson Edouard was available but he does not make the cuts tonight for the Celtic manager. He does not play. Good luck to Celtic uh, tonight and wishing, of course, uh, Rangers, Aberdeen and St. Johnston all the best tomorrow night in Europe. Let's hope we've got plenty of European football coming our way between now and Christmas. Thanks to Davey, thanks to Craigs as well. Thanks to you for being with us as well. Thanks for your calls. Thanks for listening. And we are back uh, tomorrow night. Craig Moore and Leanne Crichton with Paul live at five. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.